Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for listening today, and happy Father's Day to uh, the fathers that are listening to Front Porch Talks today. And uh, today we're joined by a familiar voice, a former co-host of Front Porch Talks, my dad, Pastor Kerry Willis. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Thank you for all you do. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. You made me a father. Well, it's good to have you today, and today Dad's going to share his testimony, also about what God's doing in the last year in his life. And uh, so, Dad, do you want to just start off telling us a little bit of background of where you're from and about how you grew up? Well, thank you, Grayson and Pastor Margaret. You do a fine job on Front Porch Talks. When I travel the roads between the Susquehanna River in Pennsylvania to the Atlantic Ocean in New Jersey, I listen to you. So thanks for the encouraging testimonies and the good word. Okay, well, I was born and raised on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I was born the fourth generation of fishermen, Matt Fisherman, and I grew up there on a little island called Harker's Island. Grew up in an atmosphere of revival. Attended a little church there called the Pilgrim Holiness Church for a lot of years. It now is the Wesleyan Church and has been since I was about 12. So I grew up and my whole life was pretty much uh, being a fisherman's son, going to church, and hanging around the neighborhood. Those were the good old days. If you have any specific things you want to know, you can ask, but that's kind of the short story. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Dad. You know, um, Pastor Kerry, over the years I've heard you mention Miss Frankie and Miss Ruby. And tell us a little bit about, like, your mom came to Christ. How old were you when that happened and you began to enter the doors of the church on a regular basis? I was about six years old. Okay. And uh, probably the most exciting thing that happened and my week was going to church on Sunday morning. And you talk about Miss Frankie and Miss Ruby. They were Sunday school teachers for the toddlers. Mm. And that's my earliest remembrance of the church. Uh, we would come in. We had a little opening with the whole group in the main sanctuary. And they would sing happy birthday to those who had birthdays and happy anniversary to those who had, had anniversaries. And then usually... Uh, Mr. Honeycutt would lead those services, those pre-Sunday school services, and they would release the classes to go to their classrooms by age. And so um, I sat on the front row from the time I walked in the door. I would separate from mom and dad and go sit on the front row because I wanted to be the first one in the room. My class was the first class released. And the reason for that was Miss Frankie and Miss Ruby were my teachers. They were old women as long as I knew them. Mm. But uh, (laughs) they had the presence of the Lord in them. Uh, They loved us like we we were their own children. And they had a great knowledge of the Bible, and they had a great way of helping children to grasp it. Had a little flannel grasp they used to make come alive. They would tell Bible stories of little paper dolls, we might call them today. But they would tell the Bible stories, and uh, that was the most exciting thing in my whole week. Mm -hmm. I still miss it. 
So why do you think that was the most exciting as you entered those doors and went into their classroom? Well, it was obvious they wanted us to be there. Mm. But it was because they were, you know, teaching us about Jesus. Mm, yeah. We couldn't see Jesus in the room necessarily. But uh, I always knew he was there. There was a sense that he was in the room with us. Uh, Miss Ruby and Miss Frankie made him very real to us. And they were just salt-of-the-earth ladies, uh, very, very simple ladies. Uh, but they had a profound love for the Lord and mm. for those he had died for. Miss Frankie went on to teach that class for probably, I'm going to guess she was a Sunday school teacher for probably 60 years. Mm, wow. uh, she taught that age. So she wasn't really old when I had her. <laughs> she was just older. <laughs> or she older lived than a long me. time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I had the joy uh, and the sorrow about five years ago, I preached Miss Frankie's funeral. Wow. So that was... Mm, yeah, that was pretty tender stuff. Yeah. She had asked that I would preach her funeral. And so she probably had about 15 or 20 of her students that became full-time ministers that came through her class. Miss mm. Ruby was kind of like her assistant. Miss Ruby was older than Miss Frankie. So Miss Ruby, we picked her up on the way to church every Sunday in our vehicle because her husband, Mr. Willie, didn't go to church and he didn't drive anyway didn't have a car so every sunday morning on the way to church our whole family of all of us except dad loaded in the back seat because miss ruby had the shotgun (laughs) so uh she was like part of our family because she rode to church with us and rode home with us every sunday i'm guessing everyone didn't have a seat belt on either did they seat belts what's that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my how times have changed well, thank you for sharing that with us, Dad, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you were able to share that memory with us and that they, uh, you know, started off that spiritual foundation as early as you can remember after uh, Nanny came to Christ and uh, you started going to church as a young boy. After that, uh, if there's any other experiences in your growing up years that you want to share that helped shape you or that were impactful to your life. Well, the church was our community. It was really our family. Uh, I've always had a few talents in the arts, so that's kind of been my thing. I'm not crazy about books, but I like the arts. And uh, we had a a drama every Easter, every Christmas, and I always seemed to land one of the lead parts for at least the kids. And uh, I remember that. That was very meaningful to me, uh, to be able to act out in the stories of the Bible. Uh, the Christmas story, or whether it was the Easter story. Uh, We had pageants, we called them. And uh, they were small-town America, but uh, they were big influencers Mm -hmm. in my life. The music, uh, the people just seemed so talented. We just had a a simple group of fishermen, mostly lived on our island. But uh, I have never lived since in a place that was flooded with so much talent just raw talent. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something you were taught. It was something you were born with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I enjoyed being a part of those pageants. And of course, uh, I said that I grew up in the spirit of revival. We probably had three revivals a year and they weren't these weekend deals. They were like 10 days. And um, we went to every service, our family. Uh, So I was about 12 years old on a Sunday morning 
uh, when my favorite evangelist, his name was Reverend O.W. Willis, no kin to me, K.W. Willis, but uh, he was like family to us. Uh, he would stay in our home whenever he came to our church for revival. I think we were his favorite family, to be honest. <laughs> he loved my dad. He just really loved my dad. And uh, Reverend Willis would stay at our home, and it was like, yeah, uh, it was like Jesus had moved into our house for 10 days. And uh, so he was the one preaching on a Sunday morning, and uh, I would think I was the last one to respond to the invitation to receive Christ. Mm. So that was the first time that I, you know, I made a decision about the Lord. I even went uh, to the bookstore. Mom took me to the Christian bookstore in town, and I bought my first personal Bible. Mm. Still got it. looking at it right now. It's a burgundy cover, Holy Bible. King James Version, of course, and uh, I started reading my Bible, started, you know, having time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, I would get away from the Lord by the time I was about 16. I had wandered. I got uh, lost my focus and, you know, just got looking into the things that the world had to offer. But praise the Lord, at age 19, I came back home to Jesus. So, but that 12-year-old conversion was meaningful, even though... You know, I wouldn't stay true to it until I was, you know, a grown man. But it still was a pivotal point along the way. Yeah. And the Lord didn't, he didn't leave me, even though I sort of ran from him. He stayed on my trail, so to speak. He's faithful like that. So at 19, you made a recommitment. Where was that? Where'd you make that recommitment? How'd you get there? That was a little church on Roosevelt Street in Harrisonburg, Virginia. My wife and I were married at 19. We were so much more mature in those days. <laughs> but anyway, we were married pretty early um, because I got a job pretty early. I do recommend that you have a job if you're going to take a wife. But uh, I had a job with a professional photographer in Harrisonburg, Virginia, Hubert Gentry. And uh, so Kim and I decided to get married. And so we moved up to Harrisonburg. I was there three months before she came. We were married in August. I think I came in May. And uh, so we started looking for a church uh, because my mother, Lady Melba, wouldn't give it up. Uh, every time we talked on the phone, she wanted to know if we'd found a church. And we weren't living for the Lord at the time. We backslidden, both of us. And uh, so just to get mom off her back, we went to the Nazarene church one Sunday morning. And, uh, well, the rest is work. history. <laughs> the next week we you. came and we were both at the altar. Mm, praise the Lord. And so we made our way back to the Lord. And, of course, that would one day be the church I would pastor, which is unbelievable stuff. So you... You were there at the church for a while, and then you ended up back in North Carolina, right? Yeah, we were on furlough. We were fur from home and low on money. <laughs> and so we had an opportunity to move back to North Carolina, so we took it. And uh, we went back to North Carolina, and we opened our own portrait studio, which was the work I did with Hubert Gentry. He had been my mentor. And we had a partner, and we opened a a portrait studio in Beaufort, North Carolina, which was our home county. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we would be there 
until 1992. We moved back in 83. That would have been December of 83, almost 84. And uh, we would be there till 92 as portrait photographers back in our hometown where we had been raised and going to high school and everything. Had a very lucrative business. God blessed us. And we were part of the Nazarene Church there. It was in Moorhead City, Crystal Coast Church of the Nazarene. We were lay people there, very involved. A church became our life. Uh, had both of our children there at that time, Grayson and his sister Allison. And then in uh, 92, uh, I finally and Kim finally uh, surrendered to the call of God on our lives. We knew there was a call for full-time ministry. That's another whole story, but uh, we surrendered to that and uh, moved all our furniture into a U-Haul and drove it out to Colorado Springs, Colorado, where we went to Bible College, Nazarene Bible College, for about, it was a two-year course. Uh, really, it was three. I didn't quite finish because I got a call from Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene to consider being their pastor, and that ended up becoming reality. So that's how we made the full circle. We went from North Carolina to Virginia when I was photographer back to North Carolina to Colorado, and we circled back to Harrisonburg, Virginia, and became pastors of the very church where we had come back to Christ in uh, would have been 1980 when we came back to Christ. It would be 94 when we came as pastors. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that, Dad, and how things came full circle, so to speak. Uh, and you and Mom were here as pastor and pastor's wife for 24 years in the Harrisonburg Church. And uh, any highlights or any memories that you want to share from your time here in Harrisonburg before we continue? Boy, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any highlights? I wouldn't even know where to start. But anyway, uh, yeah, everything was a highlight at Harrisonburg. Uh, now that we've been going a year, it seems very distant, very far away. But uh, yeah, everything was uh, so wonderful for us. Uh, we couldn't have found a better church to serve. Uh, my dad, your papa, used to say it was a match made in heaven. And, uh, you know, we were products of the church. The church had won us to Christ. And then they going through some hard years. And I think they thought God was done with them. But when two of the converts of the local church showed up to lead the church, it had a, a unique dynamic. And hope sort of came alive again. Uh, I remember the day your co-host came into my office there, <laughs> Margaret Michael. That, that was, was a highlight. That was definitely uh, a highlight she, for me. She gave her life to Christ, and I'm real humbled to know that she would end up alongside me in ministry as our pastor of outreach. And now that she gets to host this show that uh, my son and I started, along with you still, Grayson, that's a pretty big highlight. But there are a lot of highlights. All of them have to do mostly with people's lives being changed. And we had an opportunity to relocate the campus from a place that was sort of hard to find, uh, stuck down in the middle of a, a corner in the city. You couldn't go there unless you were going on purpose or you were lost. And uh, we were able to relocate uh, the campus uh, to that beautiful place where the church meets now. And uh, that's a pretty humbling event. We had people who were so sacrificial, so obedient, um, so cheerful in their giving. And God honored that. And uh, 
you know, we were able to see the church grow over those 24 years. Not every year, but uh, we had growth almost from beginning to end with a little season. We had a lull, but we did plant other churches, too, so we sent some folk out. So God's measuring all that. But to see a, a little congregation, you know, go from about 120 to maybe 1,200 is not something everybody gets to experience in small-town America. Uh, but God did it in Harrisonburg, and I believe the best days are happening now, and they're going to continue to happen. But the fact that we were on the small end of something big, uh, we will always be humbled by that reality. Well, thank you for sharing that, Dad. And it's cool you mentioned about relocating here uh to the corner of Port and Boyers Road because later this month, actually next week, as this broadcast is airing, we will be celebrating 20 years in the the first phase here on Port and Boyers Road. So just cool looking back and thinking about all those memories. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was a hard place to leave, but uh, if you're going to live a lifestyle surrender, you got to hear the Lord's voice. So the same voice that uh, took me from Beaufort, North Carolina, to Colorado Springs, uh, from Colorado Springs to Harrisonburg, uh, took me from Harrisonburg to my current post, which is overseeing churches on the Philadelphia District Church of the Nazarene. So that's part of it. you got to live with your hands open. You can't live with your hands clenched yeah. uh, if you're going to live a surrendered life. So... Uh, we're grateful to God. We are debtors to Him. Well, you know, Pastor Carrie, to know that God takes, He has this, you know, the word that I love, is His tapestry of believers. And He intertwines them in ways that are so meaningful. And I've watched as you and Kim both ministered here over the years. God wove both of you um, into my story. And you all were um, such investors in my life and I was a pretty broken vulnerable mess when I showed up at Harrisonburg and you loved me and let God change me and I just want to say thank you um, for that investment because it changed my life and you didn't do that just for me I watched you and Kim over the years do that for many people and um, you might feel like you're a long way off but your legacy uh, lives on in Harrisonburg, and um, God is using the foundation that you built um, with his help uh, to continue the ministry here. So I just couldn't miss an opportunity um, just to say thank you for pointing me to Christ and leading me to Jesus. That day I walked into your office um, so broken and just wanted Jesus more than anything in my life, and that's what I got. And so thank you for that. Well, thanks for accepting him. And uh, you were always a green apple. You were always growing. You had the heart of a disciple. And um, so that made it extra special. So I'm glad that you're continuing to keep the light lit. You know, on uh, Christmas Eve every year there at the church, uh, we always had the candle light and service and they still have that we were able to attend that actually even though we had left that was our first opportunity to be back was for that christmas eve service but i used to love to stand up front and take the first light and light the candles Mm. of others and see the room fill up with light 
so really that's what happened you know that day in that office i got to light your candle and uh i had to leave god said you have somewhere else to go but he allowed me to be a part of that light and you're now sharing it with others grayson sharing it with others and every candle we lit every light that we were able to bring light into now is able to share that light and god is good like that and so one day we'll understand everything that he accomplished Mm. dad thank you uh, for your investment in us and um just share either of these things or both you know how god called you Uh, to Pennsylvania to the position you're at now and some of the things that God is doing right now in uh, eastern Pennsylvania and southern New Jersey through the work that you're a part of? Well, I had a lot of opportunities, Grayson, as you know, to pastor other churches, to have other ministries in the 24 years. I was at Harrisonburg, but whenever I prayed, I felt like the Lord said, uh, where would you like to serve me? And I felt like he allowed me to choose And there was no way I was ever going to choose anything other than Harrisonburg, as long as he was allowing me to choose. But uh, about a year ago, when the Lord was dealing with me a little better than a year ago now, uh, when I got this call uh, to consider being the district superintendent in Philadelphia, I felt like when I prayed that time, the Lord asked me if I would trust him to choose this time. And then I felt like he was asking me if he had been kind to me. And I sort of lost it because that's all he's ever been to me is kind. And uh, I felt like he was asking me to go to Philadelphia. And uh, it was all joy to say yes to him. Uh, it was heartbroken joy. That's what I called it. But we have seen great days in the time we've been in Philadelphia uh, region. Uh, it's unbelievable. I told someone recently there, I don't know how we have come to love so many pastors and leaders and people in such a short amount of time, people that we never knew. But it's because God had gone before us, and uh, we've had great favor there. God's doing a new thing in Philadelphia. And your mom and I, as you know, we kind of jumped from home to home. We have a little cottage in Cape May, which is our home base. We did keep our home in Virginia because we had downsized a few years ago, and we feel like when we're old, if we get old, that we'll probably live in this again, this house that we have in Virginia. But uh, we have an RV that we primarily uh, travel in across the district, and that allows us to be in the lives of people more than just an hour at a time. I don't want to show up at churches just because I have a title. I want to show up because of relationship, and you know that I believe that relationship is everything. And so we live to carry the presence of God uh, from, like I said earlier, the Susquehanna River uh, up to the north, which is Williamport, Pennsylvania, all the way to Cape May down to South Jersey. And uh, we've had great favor, great people, loving people, God's people. Uh, We just had our first district assembly, and really, honestly, it was like camp meeting or revival. God just came, and it was a true worship event. And uh, we baptized 10 people at district assembly. I don't know if that's ever happened. But uh, God is working and doing things that we never could have imagined. And I'm getting to preach more than I ever thought I would in this position. I may be preaching actually more than I did as a local pastor. And that was the one thing my heart was breaking about, that I was afraid I wouldn't get to share God's Word uh, with congregations and with groups. Uh, But God must be laughing about that because I'm getting all the opportunity that I can take. So all things are well. Uh, We're in love with the Lord. We're living surrendered. 
Our hound dog Lucy's enjoying it. And we're just focusing forward. We know presence matters most. Uh, we don't want there to be any invisible people in our lives. We want everyone to know Jesus loves them. And we're just looking for unity. We're, I sense God say, let's go to Pennsylvania, let's go to New Jersey and do this again. So I don't know all that that means, but I'm counting on uh, the best is the rest. We're glad to hear that God is doing things. We know that he's going to as we answer him and um, lean into the call that he has for us. Um, he has a way of working things out better than we ever thought or imagined. And it's good to hear that uh, you all are feeling like you have family there and uh, you just can sense that God is um, building relationships, maybe high speed for you all, and that's great. Is there a story that you would have for us, just something that you just at the end of the day went, that's why I'm here? Do you have a personal story of maybe it's, having a encounter with someone there like you had so many times here in Harrisonburg uh, where you knew God was just, had you at the right place at the right time. Yeah, there have been numerous opportunities like that. Uh, but I probably will make a general statement. Uh, we didn't realize, well, I kind of thought it would be this way, but we minister to so many people who are not in the Nazarene church mm. because we're out and about. And, um, uh, most of those stories right now would be tied to like waiters and waitresses mm. and uh, people at the gas pump in New Jersey. They pump your gas. So you get to meet the people that are, you know, pumping the gas and the people that are not expecting to meet us are the ones that we're getting a lot of joy out of a blessing. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they're pre believers or pre Nazarenes, maybe mm -hmm. even, I don't know, but we have a ministry on the road, so to speak. You know, when I was in, Harrisonburg, I had a ministry at the local coffee shops and the restaurants and all of that. I always wanted to be a, a light to the community, not just the local church. And so now we've just got a real broad space to cover. Mm -hmm. uh, but every day we're trying to see, God, who today are we supposed to come in contact with? Uh, who today are we supposed to share your presence with? And uh, we have one little waitress uh, down in a little diner in Jersey, South Jersey, and uh, I would probably say that she might be the biggest reason we've been there so far. Um, she's just had a tough life. Uh, her father uh, is in a drug rehab center. Uh, she's a young lady in her early 20s caring for her grandmother. And we just have entered her life as a friend. That's pretty much it. And uh, after about four or five encounters, uh, she found out that uh, we're believers and all of that. And she's great with that. But we're hoping to see her come to the local church in that South Jersey town where we've been ministering to her. And I don't believe she's too far from that. We just need to make a few more visits to her restaurant and uh, make sure she knows that her life matters. So that kind of a thing uh, would probably be what has been the greatest wonderful surprise. That's not a surprise, but it is a joy. Mm -hmm. So just showing up in people's lives does make yep, a difference. Just uh, the next person matters, you know. Yes. Uh, the next person you pass. And so this year I did uh, adopt that mission on our district. Uh, presence matters most. We've been carrying that for a year. And we added no invisible people mm -hmm. and the word unity. And everywhere I go, I talk about uh, let's bring the light of his presence to the next person we encounter, whether that's in our home or whether that's at the post office, mm -hmm. you know, wherever that may be, uh, that's the kind of life we want to be sanctuaries 
of the living presence of Jesus Christ in this world. And so we're praying for favor in those areas. We'll leave the results to him. Well, Dad, thank you for joining us today. And again, happy Father's Day. And I really appreciate everything you've done for me as a father and also, you know, and starting Front Porch Talks and the ministry that we did together for about seven, seven and a half years. So thank you. Love you. Thank you, Grayson. And uh, I miss my father today. Uh, I know I'm going to see him again. But I had one of the dearest dads, Captain Billy Willis, that a boy could ever have. And those who have been given much, much will be required. So uh, I know that he's having a great day with Jesus, and one day we'll be with him. So, Grayson, keep living the life, brother, and uh, keep uh, keep it looking after Pastor Margaret there. <laughs> yeah, he does good. He checks up on me um, on the regular. Well, uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Pastor Kerry Willis's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.